Mary Steen, and you are listening to Side Grace, a place and a space that was created for all things mental health, all discussions and conversations surrounded around mental health. We also approach mental health with a side of grace, aka why I called it Side Grace. I share intimate stories about the things that I'm going through in my growth journey throughout this year and years prior in hopes that it increases insight for you on your own mental health. So thank you for joining me today here in this safe space and I hope you approach everything with a side of grace. We are going to start the podcast right now. Hello and welcome to another podcast episode of Side Grace. I'm your host, Aaliyah Grace Dean, and this week we are talking about all things self-talk, our inner self-talk. How do we talk to ourselves? What is our inner monologue? What's going on inside of our brain when we're going through really tough things and how are we talking to ourselves? And I cannot remember what truly inspired me to talk about this episode this week, but just know I was inspired. Something I saw or something that I heard, I like wrote it down in my notes in my phone and I was like, this is what I'm going to talk about this week on Grace. So we're going to talk about it. And I think it's such an important conversation to have. And I know last week I talked about the season of spring. So what better way to really implement some new changes into the new season then kind of getting in on what's going on for our eternal selves. So before we get into the nitty gritty of this podcast episode, I want to talk about the question of the week that I ask my social media websites. So the question of the week this week is, is your self-talk loving or harmful? And I posed this question, I wanted to see where everyone kind of range. And I put the definition of what self-talk is. And self-talk is basically the way that we talk to ourselves internally. How do we respond and communicate with ourselves when we're kind of interacting with our environment around around us? So is your internal talk positive? Is it uplifting? Is it encouraging? Is it motivating? Or is it really just demotivating you? Is it tearing you down? Is it punishing yourself? internally. So what does that self-talk look like for you? So I was a little shocked by this, but I was also very happy by it. So there was definitely two different types of tones that I got from seeing the results and calculating it all together. So when I asked, is your self-talk loving or harmful? 70% of the people said that their self-talk is loving and 30% said that it's harmful. And Again, I'm very happy that so many people have a very loving internal self-talk. And I'm glad that there were people who were honest as well and expressed that, you know, they do have a harmful self-talk and it's not always the best, right? And I want to normalize. And if you're a listener and you feel like your self-talk is harmful to yourself, there are other people out there, right? And if your self-talk is loving, There are also other people who have loving self-talk too. So again, it's all about finding a sense of community and acceptance amongst one another. And that's what my questions of the week really strive to do, right? I would love to make one person feel less lonely by knowing that other people experience the same things that they are. So then I asked the question, how do you talk to yourself? And I got a different couple replies. So one of the replies that I got was, I comfort myself when I get anxious, like saying, it's okay, you're okay, calm down. I also got another reply that said, oftentimes, you know, I really get in my head and I say, you know, you could have done better. Uh, Why would we do that? We're so stupid. So you can see the very two different tones, right? You can see how one is very comforting and calming and the other can be very self-deprecating and really just pushing ourselves down lower than how we already feel. So for those who did not answer or those who aren't on my social media sites, this is your reminder to go follow me on side underscore grace on Instagram. 
But for those who are listening, I pose the question to all of you. What is your internal dialogue like? What is your internal self-talk like? Is it positive? Is it uplifting? Is it motivating? Is it loving and kind? Or is it unkind? Is it negative? Is it hurtful to yourself? Are you really kind of beating yourself down internally when you're talking to yourself? And again, it doesn't have to be, you know, you're verbally saying these things out loud. It can literally just be the thoughts in your head that are circulating as you're interacting in your environment, when things are happening, what's going on inside of your head. It doesn't have to be something that comes out verbally, just inside of your head. What are the thoughts that are coming to you? So I want to give you guys a second to really think about that question and think about your own self-talk and what it's like, or maybe even think about the differences now. Maybe in the past you had a very negative self-talk and now your self-talk has changed and evolved. So acknowledge that too. So I'm going to give you a few seconds to kind of think about that. And then I'm going to share my story. And then we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the podcast. All right. So now that you've had a few seconds to kind of think about your internal self-talk and your dialogue, we're going to talk a little bit about my experience with my internal talk and where I'm at today and where I was before. So growing up, I don't think I recall... Yes, I do. Never mind. I definitely have recalled a internal self-talk around high school age. And I just remember maybe senior year. It was definitely senior year. And into my college years, I had a pretty negative self-talk. Not the kindest, I guess. But more so even just demotivating and not really seeing the point of things anymore. So I just remember thinking, and all of you have definitely heard stories before about my relationship with my mother and how that has caused a lot of distress for me growing up as a child. So even just growing up as a child and going to high school, and now I'm in my senior year and I'm trying to make decisions on where I'm going to go for college, I was having, again, a really tough time with my mom and feeling very stifled and not being able to make the best decisions for me and still feeling like I was never going to leave my mom. My mom is always going to ruin my life. And those were the thoughts that I were having. So oftentimes I was like, my mom is forever going to control me. What is the point? Like, why am I here? She's never going to let me go. Um, I'm never going to get, I'm never going to be able to be free. Like, this is it. This is it for me. And those were thoughts that constantly went through my mind uh, at the age of 18. And so having those thoughts constantly swarming in my head, especially when me and my mom got into a lot of arguments or fights. So when I thought about those things, I just remember getting very, very, I, I just remember getting in a very dark place. And that dark place caused a lot of discomfort. It made me think, what was the point of being here if I wasn't going to be able to be truly who I wanted to be and learn who I was going to be if my mom was still going to make those decisions? And there were many, many thoughts that came afterwards and many suicidal thoughts that came afterwards and many suicide attempts that came afterwards as well. So my self-talk at a young age was super, not the best to put in the best words, right? It wasn't, it wasn't very encouraging. It was very demotivating and it was due to the environment that I was in. So my environment At that age, I didn't realize that I had so much control over my thoughts. However, that wasn't the case, right? At that time, and especially at that age, and for a lot of people, and even till this, even adults still believe this, and that's perfectly fine. I think sometimes we get to learning curves at our own different times. But at that age, I did not realize that my thoughts had so much power. I didn't realize that my environment 
did not dictate my thoughts. I dictate my thoughts and I choose how I wanted to react. And at that time, I'm only 18 years old and I'm only about, I'm still a kid. You know, I'm 18 adult legally, but I'm still a kid. So my environment very much had a hand in the thoughts that I had and it was difficult. And same in my freshman year of college, there was about a time where I really isolated myself. Um, and my mom was still very much trying to have that control, even though I was away in college. And there was still a part of me that felt like, am I ever going to escape this? Am I ever going to be free? What is the point? Why? Like I was not born here to really serve my mom and all these other things. And those, those were the internal thoughts that I consistently had all the time. And that was really hard. And that was difficult. Now today, as a 24-year-old, my self-talk is so completely different than where I was at the age of 18. Please don't ask me to do the math. I think that's six years. I don't know. This is why I'm in the counseling field. Math is not my friend. But at the age of 24, my self-talk is so, 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 so different than where I was at the age of 18. My self-talk today is very much more encouraging, accepting, and there are times where I do still have those self-talks that come in and that's just me being very vulnerable with you guys. I still have those bouts where self that negative self-talk might come in. It might slip in. I don't really push it out because that is something that's coming in, but I do acknowledge it. And I say, you know what? Let's reframe this because here's the thing. And I might be jumping a little bit ahead in the conversation, but we can't completely eradicate those thoughts sometimes. Sometimes they're just going to come in. Okay. But what we can do is that we can change it, reframe it and challenge it and acknowledge it and see why it did came in. Why did it come in? Why did that thought come? Why was that the first thought I had? So at 24, like I was saying, my self-talk is a lot better. So I'm more encouraging. I'm more kind. When I am experiencing, for example, anxiety, I am more like, it might sound something like this, like, Halia, I know that this is really hard for you right now. I understand that this is something that you don't want to be going through. I get it. But we've done this before and we can do this again, like every other time. So we just have to kind of go through the motions of it, go through the waves until it settles. You're going to be okay. And I'm here and we are going to survive this. Like we've survived it every other time. And that does help. And I use a very soft tone with myself um, in my head, or sometimes I do talk out loud to myself to comfort what I'm going through, as well as when I'm at work. And let's say I just make a mistake, you know, old me probably would have just kind of like beat myself up like, oh my gosh, like, why would I do that? But 24 year old me, and I, again, I will still sometimes have those bouts of like, that self-talk that's just like, oh, Leah, why would you do that? But I'm more consistent in leaning towards more regularly and practicing. It's okay, Leah. It's just a mistake. This is how we learn. This is how we move forward. And you can only learn by making mistakes. And that's okay to make a mistake because we're not perfect. Okay. It's okay. We are okay we're not going to lose our job. You're doing perfectly fine. Okay. We are learning. So those are some things that I like to say to myself, um, because I think it's really important to have that really kind conversation with myself, um, in order to be motivated, to be willing to do things, to be willing to try things. And especially because, I didn't have that self-talk, that positive self-talk growing up, but especially because I didn't really get it from my parent figures either. So I didn't have parents who really, you know, nurtured me in the way that I would have really liked to. 
So I do it for myself now as an adult. So that's why I use such a kind tone, a soft tone, encouraging words, forgiveness, acceptance. I use all those things because my inner child, when I do get in those situations, my inner child starts having that negative self-talk and it affects my adult. So I'm an adult. So it's affecting me as an individual at this moment. So I talk to myself the way that I wanted to be talked to as a kid, the way I wanted to be encouraged and comforted as a child, which I didn't really get when I was a kid from my parents. And that's something that I also try to do with my nephews. So it's really, really important to me with my nephews. And this is paramount. And you can ask my parents because my parents get annoyed with me, but it's paramount that my nephews are encouraged and that their feelings and every feeling that they have is acknowledged. It's seen as an, a very important thing, something that I want to give them space to talk about. And then I want them to problem solve in a positive way. That's paramount to me. And that's something that I want to do for them because that's something I didn't get growing up and it really would have helped me as I was navigating some things in my life. So super, super important that I do that for my nephews and anyone else that I'm kind of engaging with, but definitely paramount for them and paramount for myself too. But I don't think I would have been able to do that if I wasn't able to understand that I didn't have that in my childhood. And if I didn't practice that already and if I haven't been practicing that positive self-talk. So what we're going to move into now is again, what is your self-talk like, right? What is it? What is it like for you? When do you talk to yourself? When do you have that conversation with yourself? I think it's very important to ask those questions because I think that sometimes we don't even notice that we're talking to ourselves. We're going through the motions of the day continuously, moving through it, going to work, doing the task at work. Maybe we're at school. Maybe we're taking care of children at home or taking care of loved ones. Maybe we have just so many things going on, so many tasks that we're not even aware sometimes what is kind of circulating throughout our, our mind. We're not even aware of that. And so I think it's really important that we're able to acknowledge that we do have a self-talk. Not every, I've, again, not everyone may identify with having an internal self-talk and that's okay. But a lot of people does and do have that internal dialogue with themselves. But sometimes we just don't notice it all the time. So it's important that we're able to acknowledge what that internal self-talk is for ourselves. And why I think it's really important to acknowledge that is that, again, we're talking about that loving and that harmful self-talk, right? So we want to be in a space where our self-talk is healthy, right? It doesn't have to be super positive all the time. It does not have to be that because then we kind of get that toxic positivity, We want to be able to get to a place where there's a healthy balance with everything that we do. We want a healthy balance, right? So then we have that harmful self-talk, which again, our mind has always tried to protect us no matter what we do. Okay. We have a lot of things that we may not like that our mind and body does in order to protect us, but evolutionary that has just been developed within us. So some of the self-talk and harmful self-talk that I've heard before is things like, I can't do this, you know, or maybe it's, I don't have time to do this, or I'm not smart enough to do that, or nobody wants to be my friend, or I could lose my job at any moment. You know, I can't find a partner. I can't find a relationship, right? I can't, I'm just, I'm not good enough for these things, or I'm not deserving of this and those negative self-talk even though they suck don't get me wrong they suck but a lot of the times those were there to protect yourself and as surprising as it is so those statements aren't true 
But our mind develops these things in order to protect ourselves, right? So if we tell ourselves that we can't do this, we can't do that. We're not smart enough to do this. We're not capable. We're not, we're not enough to do that. Then we'll never do it. Therefore, we will never not, we'll, we won't fail, quote unquote, not saying that you would fail, but the belief is that we would fail if we did that. So I'm not going to do it anyway, because if I don't do it, then I'm not going to fail. And then I'm not going to disappoint myself. I'm not going to feel that feeling of failure or not succeeding because I never did it in the first place. So these thoughts, these negative self-talks are often there sometimes to protect us, to keep us quote unquote safe so that we won't feel those emotions that we don't want to feel when something doesn't go our way. But the thing with that is that becomes the truth, right? And what I think is really interesting is that our brain doesn't know what's real and what's not real in reality. Our brain just knows what we tell it. So if we're telling ourselves those negative self-talks all the time, and for those who listen and those who know manifestation, that's something that it's like kind of like a manifestation tool. And that's kind of what I believe in, right? But I'm going to take it away from that metaphysical. It's just using manifesting as something that's coming about because I'm believing it so much, right? So if I continuously tell myself all these negative things, I'm having this negative self-talk, well then that's true. That becomes true in your brain. Your brain believes it because you're telling it and you're telling your brain that consistently on a consistent basis, which then if that's what your brain believes is true, that's all that will manifest into. That's all and the only result that you're going to have because you're continuously telling yourself, yeah, that's what's going to happen. I can't do that. So why would I even bother? So again, you get a lot of the procrastination from that, you know, you won't even try to do that task or do the thing. You won't even want to even start it. Then you also get like that fixed mindset. And if you know me, I've talked about this book before, um, The Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. And such an amazing book. That book was really what changed my whole perspective on things. And I, that was the beginning of my mindfulness meditation journey. And I have to tell you that book was amazing. And she doesn't really talk about mindfulness, but she talks about how there's a fixed mindset and then there's a growth mindset. You want to be in the area of a growth mindset where you can look at things as lessons, things as you're continuously, you can do things, you can grow, right? And even if you don't achieve something, you won't let it stop you. You'll continue to have that motivation to do something um, and realize that, okay, I failed at this, but that's okay. That's only a learning lesson. That's only helping me. Whereas a fixed mindset, fixed mindset does not want to go anywhere past their comfort. They oftentimes, if they fail at something, they may not try again, or They love to keep themselves into activities and things that they know they're really good at because then they know that they'll get the appraisal, but anything else that they're not really sure of doing, and there is that ounce of possibility of failure or not achieving, they won't even touch it. They won't even look at it because that fear of failure is so huge in a lot of people. So it's really important, again, to understand that there's a way to talk to ourselves in a loving way. And then there's a way to talk to ourselves in a harmful way. And our inner dialogue is really, really important, right? Our inner dialogue really helps with a lot of things throughout our lives. And so we talked about the harmful self-talk. So then I kind of want to talk about more of the loving self-talk. So what does loving self-talk do for us? What are the benefits of talking to ourselves in a loving manner, in a kind manner, in a motivating manner? And there's so many different benefits from doing so. And like I said before, 
I said the mind does not know what is real from fake. It literally only takes the information that you tell it. And that's the reality. And that's why we say we create our reality. We create how we react to things, right? And it's really important. And I'll never forget me and my therapist working on this, but also when I started my mindfulness journey, that was something that was really expressed a lot, right? We are the creator of our reality and we choose how we react to situations. We have the ability to choose, react, respond, and observe. So our self, our loving to, I don't even know where I was just going with this. Honestly, I'm sorry. I just love this topic. And I just went on a tangent about that. Oh yes. Our brain being the creator. So yes, our brain literally, our reality is what we feed our brain, what we tell our brain. The things that we tell our brain is what is reality. The facts that we give our brain is what it knows. So what we feed it is really important. So if we're able to give ourselves a loving, kind, accepting, forgiving, motivating self-talk, right? Our brain is taking all those things in and we are more likely to be able to try new things, put ourselves out there, forgive ourselves for the past mistakes we've made and the mistakes that we might make in the future and the mistakes that we're making now. Realizing that so everything in life is a learning lesson and that we're continuously learning. We are experiencing and we are learning every single day. That moment that we wake up to the moment that we go to bed, we are learning. We are absolutely learning. It increases our performance, our motivation, our energy can increase. Our self-confidence can completely just go through the roof depending on the way that we talk. And same with depending on how we talk to ourselves and if we talk about our confidence in a harmful way, then we won't have that confidence. Our confidence may be way lower. You know, our self-esteem can be a lot lower depending on the way that we talk to ourselves and accept ourselves. So if we are able to talk about ourselves in a loving way physically about ourselves, that can increase our confidence. That can increase our self-esteem. Our emotional regulation can improve by so much if we were able to talk to ourselves in a loving and kind manner. If we're able to talk to ourselves and kind of calm our internal being, our inner child, if we can talk to ourselves at that moment and really say, you know what, I understand that you're upset and it's okay to be upset. Why don't we go take a walk and just take five minutes and we can come back to the problem later. Even just having that even saying that to yourself, but in a loving, kinding manner where you're accepting your emotions, you're understanding where you are, you're understanding where your emotion is, and then taking those five minutes and just getting a quick walk, right? It decrease your stress, improve your immunity system, right? Reduce pain. So I think it's just, uh, your self-talk is so, so important. And I think it's really interesting because your self-talk can really create your reality. It can create what you what you see every single day, depending how you talk to yourself, right? So if you're talking to yourself in a harmful way, well, imagine what your reality is every single day. And let's say you talk to yourself in a loving way. Now imagine what that reality is and what that reality could be for yourself. Because every day we are creating our reality. So I think it's really important that we're able to understand that our self-talk plays such a huge role in our every single day life. And there's another thing that I think is just so important by self-talk is that it can really increase your ability to succeed, right? And I think that one of the things that it's so important, I'm not meaning like succeeding, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make a million dollars. Well, that can, if that applies to you, that applies to you. That's perfectly fine. But understanding what does success look like for you? 
right? So what makes you happy? What is success for you, right? What are the goals that you have set out? Your success is kind of determined by your reality, right? How you're kind of, how you're talking to yourself plays a really, really big role. So if we, again, it's, it's linked to that motivation. It's linked to the ability to try things, right? Our motivation to try new things, to try things we never would have tried before putting ourselves out there. So if we have that negative self-talk, it really can take away all those opportunities to succeed. But if we talk to ourselves in a motivating kind and all those positive self-talk, we can be more likely or increase our chances of trying things that we never would have tried before, right? Applying for that job, applying for that job that you don't even think that you are qualified for, but applying for it anyway, because why not? And versus the person who has a harmful negative self-talk where they might not even apply for it because they're just like, Nope, not even going to try. And I always say to people, when you're applying, apply to whatever, apply. You, you don't know the employer. That employer might be looking for someone who they don't even have the, the credentials, all the credentials, but that's okay because you as an individual, your mindset, who you are, they might want that a part of the team. So I always say, just apply. If you don't fit every single box, still apply. The worst you can get is, hey, we're not really looking, you know, we just don't really fit, um, but thank you for applying. Okay, thank you so much for reaching back to how I'm going to apply somewhere else, apply for the job. But again, your self-talk plays such a huge role, which can play a huger role in your success. So just be mindful of that. So I went off on a tangent, I know, but... Those were a lot of the points that I really wanted to touch base on when it came to our self-talk, right? I talked about why talking yourself in a loving manner is really important. And I also talked about how harmful self-talk can really play a role in your everyday life too. So now that we talked about those things, I kind of want to talk about how do we shift our internal dialogue? How do we shift the way that we talk to ourselves? Where do we start? You know, how do we kind of, how do we work through those things, right? How do we start to begin to change that self-talk? Because one, the first step is acknowledging our self-talk. And like I said before, we don't always notice that we're doing it. So catching those thoughts, understanding those thoughts, right? So that's the internal work that has to be done with that self-talk. So first you have to identify how are you talking to yourself? What are the thoughts? How are you speaking to yourself? And what are written words that you're even saying to yourself, right? Thoughts are just constantly coming in, right? The way that we talk to ourselves, sometimes we're not even aware. So again, that internal work. And some of the ways that we can do that internal work is journaling, You know, I will always reference journaling, but journaling is such a great tool to use because I think it's such a great place to track, a great place to reflect, a great place to acknowledge, and it's always there. So journaling is a great place where we can start. And again, I don't, I want to preach this because even in group where I do work, a lot of people perceive that journaling has to be paragraphs on paragraphs on paragraphs. And I want to debunk that. Journaling does not have to be paragraphs. It does not have to be super, super long journal entries. It can be five minutes of bullet points. You can make bullet points of thoughts. You can write in stream of consciousness. So whatever just you ever feel your consciousness feels goes out on the paper, that can be that too. But for those who feel like journaling, like they're not really motivated to do journaling because they don't really like writing or, you know, it's just something that it's, they're not really good at. I want to remind you that journaling doesn't have to be long, long experts. It doesn't have to be super long journal entries. It can be simple one, two, three bullet points, whatever feels good for you and natural to you. But again, 
doesn't have to be super long. So with our internal self-talk, the first thing that we can do is if you have a journal with you and if you have like a small one, that would be a really great place to start or even just your notes, noticing when those thoughts are coming up, right? And so let's say you're at work and your boss, you know, corrected you or something or said that you had an error, right? Just pause for a second, right? What was the feeling? What was the feeling that you felt when your boss corrected you? Was it shame? Was it embarrassment? Did you feel neutral? Was there no feeling at all? So first acknowledge that feeling, right? And then see if there was a thought afterwards, right? So what was the feeling that you felt? And then what were the thoughts afterwards? So did you feel like you weren't smart? Did you say that to yourself? Was it, what was the shame? You know, what was the thought with the shame? What was the thought with the embarrassment? So I would even just bullet that down. Note that you had that thought, right? And recognize like, okay, that thought happened. So realize that. Maybe you got in a fight with your partner and maybe, you know, you felt really angry. And maybe your self-talk is, I'm I'm just a terrible girlfriend. I'm a terrible boyfriend. I'm a terrible partner, whatever the case may be, maybe that thought came up for you. But sometimes I always tell people to recognize what's going on physically first and then acknowledge the physical and then think about why you felt that way and then see if there was a thought that was linked with it. So sometimes I feel like physical is the one that's screaming the loudest at us, right? We feel physical things quite often. So acknowledge the physical acknowledge the feeling what did that feeling feel like what did that physiological feeling feel like what did the feeling feel like when you were in that situation and then try to think about what what was I thinking at that time right what was I saying to myself when that was happening or if you had that feeling can you link it to just a thought overall right? So for example, when I use the one with the boss, maybe you, you started getting it hot. Maybe you felt really, you know, you start cringing or there was these physical sensations that was going on and then you felt embarrassed, right? Was there, why did you feel that way? Identify that if you can, right? So even just doing that, but you can do that in a journal, Uh, You can do that in a notepad, you can do that in your phone, whatever the case may be, but just keeping track of it because you want to increase your awareness of those things occurring for you, right? So even let's say you failed a test, okay? What what came up for you? What was the physiological feeling for you, right? What, What did that, what was your body doing, then what were the emotions that you were feeling and what were the thoughts that you were feeling? And we have this really great tool that I use at work, which is a thought tracking sheet and it goes through the steps. So that's even another journal form that I give people if they don't, they need more guidance, like a more guided journaling. So it's even just, again, it goes through what were you feeling physically? What were you feeling emotionally? What were the thoughts right? What were you saying to yourself? And I think I'm going to post that on my side grace podcast for everyone to see because it's such a useful tool. It walks you through those things. So you're able to identify them. So if you want to see that, please go to my side underscore grace, S I D E underscore G R A C on Instagram. And I'm going to post it this week for everyone to see. And if anyone wants it, I can also email it as well, but you have to reach me on side grace. But it's such a useful tool for people to acknowledge how they're feeling. So some common examples of like different negative self-talks that we might have. We can have negative self-talk in relationships, physical appearance, work education, you know, personal development. And some of those self-negative self-talks can be things like I'm unlovable or I'm ugly. She is way more successful than I am. I'm lousy with money or I'll, you know, I'm just, I'm just terrible at what I do. So really just understanding that 
self-talk can apply to so many different areas in our lives. And self-talk, there's multiple different categories of it as well. When there, again, definitely think I have to make a second podcast episode to this because there's a lot when it comes to self-talk. But a lot of people, there's eight common ones, right? And there's a lot of different ones that you can kind of fall into and you can use all eight. You can use some of the eight, but again, people oftentimes can find themselves using these negative self-talks. So some people might personalization, use personalization self-talk. Um, so those are examples like they haven't responded to my email yet. They must be laughing at me. I'm such a fool. So you're making something really personal when it's not personal, right? So you, when you're personalizing something, maybe someone didn't text you back for quite some time and you're just like, oh my gosh, you haven't texted me back. They must be mad at me. Like I'm a terrible friend or maybe what I said was terrible. So you're personalizing and you're having that inner self-talk with yourself and thinking you're kind of putting that blame on you when that blame doesn't have to be placed on you, but you are placing that blame on yourself. Again, as a form of negative self-talk. Catastrophizing, I can never say this word, especially even group and everyone always laughs at me, but catastrophizing is basically when it's like end all be all, right? So for example, if I ask her out, she will hate me and block me forever. So it's like worst case scenario all the time, right? So catastrophizing, and this can be used a lot. We talk about this as well with anxiety, but it's like that black or white. There's no gray in between. It's just like end all be all, end all be all, the world is ending type of situation. So that can also be another form of negative self-talk. Another one can be assumptions, right? So we're making assumptions about things. For example, I'm not good enough for that. Again, a negative, a form of negative self-talk. We can also use regret, right? Or even minimization of positive feelings or positive things. So let's say you want to lose weight and you step on the scale and you say to yourself, I only lost two pounds. That's fantastic. But in you're having that negative self-talk and it's just like, well, I only lost two pounds, right? That's even a form. You're minimizing your success. You're minimizing the things that you've achieved and you're making it super small and insignificant. But even the small things, I always tell people to celebrate the small achievements too. Not just the big ones, celebrate the small ones as well. You know, even if you, let's say you just send out an email that looks fantastic. Congratulations, Aaliyah. That email was well done. Like that was beautifully worded, right? And I'm, I'm proud of you. Or maybe you stepped away from an argument, right? And typically maybe that's not something you would have done before, but you did it this time. Pat yourself on the back, applaud yourself because that's a huge step, right? So minimization is another way that people might use that negative self-talk. So just be mindful. There are so many different ways that we can talk to ourselves in a harmful way. But again, we just want to catch on to them. We want to notice them. We want to catch them. We want to understand when we're saying them. And again, you might be even saying it out loud. Maybe you're having a conversation with someone and you catch yourself saying it. And you're just like, whoa. So just being aware of it. So increase your awareness. However, that may work for you. That may that be journaling right? Maybe it'd be meditation, doing a mindful activity, right? There's so many different ways that we can really increase our awareness and catch onto that harmful self-talk. So another way that we can really help ourselves change and shift our self-talk is challenging it, right? You can't defeat, you can't like abolish negative self-talk. Like I said before, you know, sometimes those things are going to happen. Our mind naturally wants to at times go back to what was comfortable, something that we knew. And if we were quite often practicing negative self-talk, we want to go back to that comfortability uh, because that's easy, but we need to challenge it at times. We need to redirect it. We need to accept it that it was there. So we want to really question it. We want to explore why we're feeling these things. What's making me feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Ask yourself those criti- critical questions. You know, what are you telling yourself? What are they telling you? So really 
kind of befriending it in a way, like becoming friends with those negative self-harm questions and understanding why are they coming up, right? And so just being aware of that and then challenging it, right? So ask yourself, is it true? Is it helpful? And is it kind? So when those things come up, ask yourself those three questions. And also ask yourself, like, would you say that to someone else, right? Challenge those thoughts. Like if those thoughts come up, ask yourself, now, would I say that to my best friend? Would I say that to my parents? Would I say that to my sister, brother? Would I say that to my nephews or nieces? Ask yourself that question, right? So again, when those thoughts come up, be aware of them, acknowledge them, accept that it came in and then challenge them a little, you know, ask yourself, is it true? Ask yourself, is it helpful? Ask if it is kind. And then ask yourself again, would you say that to your best friend? So some other tips that you can really do to kind of help with changing and shifting the way that you talk to yourself is tell yourself a new story, right? So if you've been telling yourself the same story about your life, tell yourself a new one. Write yourself a new one. Dream about a new one. Meditate on a new one. Tell yourself a different story, right? So find gratitude in the small things. Remind yourself that you are here, you are now. You're doing so many different things. You're learning and you're continuously and will always learn. And life is a learning lesson. May they be good or bad. But acknowledge that. Find gratitude and challenge yourself, right? So tell yourself a new story. Our brain only knows what we tell it. So tell yourself a new. So with self-talk, we oftentimes may use, I can't, I'm not able to, I should, or I have to, right? So those are oftentimes common negative self-talk phrases, So change them. So when you hear yourself say, I can't, stop yourself, pause, acknowledge and accept that you said that, but now change it. You know, ask yourself the questions that we mentioned before. And then when you hear that I can't say, no, 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 I will. If you say I'm not able to, pause, stop, accept, acknowledge, ask yourself those critical questions. And then say, you know what? No, 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 I'm capable. What about when you say I should? Uh, Stop. Change it to I must. And then when you say, when you hear yourself say, I have to, this is my favorite one. I tell people this all the time at my work. When I hear people say I have to, shut it down. Say I want to. Because when we say we have to, our brain, that becomes a chore. That becomes something that we have to do, right? Like, oh, I have to do this. Change the narrative. Stop. Acknowledge it. Accept. Ask the critical questions why they're coming up. And then you say, no, no, no. I want to. So, for example, I always use this one. I say, when you have dishes in the sink. I'm laughing right now because a certain someone knows I hate washing dishes, but you have dishes in the sink and you you say, oh, I have to wash the dishes. Pause. <laughs> Pause. Right. And I'm still practicing this till this day. But say, so you know what? I want to wash the dishes because I want a clean living environment. I'm happier in a clean kitchen. I want a clean cushion. I want to feel that feeling of when I have a clean cushion. Therefore, I want to do the dishes. Trust me, I'm still in the same boat. I'm still learning that. So if you're in that same boat, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm learning that too. But I like using that example because it's something that I'm doing too. So switch your I have to's to I want to's. Those can be really, really helpful. It's so powerful when we do that. I'll never forget when my therapist told me that because trust me, it worked wonders. And then also just be mindful of the way that you're talking to yourself, the way that you're talking to yourself, the tone, right? The manner that you're talking to yourself. So again, for me, 
when I talk to myself, I love to use a really kind, gentle voice because that's something I wish I had when I was growing up, right? So I provide myself and I talk to myself the way I wanted to be talked to as a kid because oftentimes my internal child is wanting that comfort. So I talk to myself in that way, almost like, you know, those daycare kindergarten teachers, remember when they used to be really soft? I don't know. Some of my teachers were like that. So I talked to myself that same exact way because it felt really good. So my last few just little sprinkles here. You're the creator of your reality. Our thoughts are really big. It creates our reality. It creates what our mind believes. And what our mind believes is what we see in front of us. So be mindful the way that we think and talk to ourselves. And this is also a reminder that if anyone is seriously struggling, please contact any professional that you have, a therapist, psychiatrist, your PCP, whatever the case may be, crisis hotline, please outreach to them. I'm not a professional yet. I'm still in grad school, so it's very important that all the things that I'm sharing with you are things that I've learned throughout my job and learned at grad school. So please remind and be mindful of that as well. On that note, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of SciGrace. It is definitely a longer one, and I'm really, really hungry. I'm like recording this at nine, but that's okay. But I want to say thank you all so much for those who continue to listen. For returners, thank you for coming back this week for listening. And for new listeners, thank you so much for joining me. It really, really means so much for me. Again, go to side underscore grace Instagram to get any further updates on this episode, as well as seeing previous information on previous episodes they're really useful they're it's a really fun page it's a pink aesthetic right now so i love it but please follow me on there leave a review and a rating and send this to a friend or family member who you think this can really help all right so i hope you guys have a wonderful week i'm your host leah gracine and you were listening to side grace